Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Mark Evans. You were on a podcast a couple of years ago, and I, from memory, it was the most listened to podcast that we've that we've ever had. And I think for for good reason. And what we're going to talk about today is the situation that most people are in right now is that they can't get to a pool. So what can they do for the next couple of weeks, potentially a couple of months, to possibly keep their their swimming fitness? somehow keep their feel for the water and so by the time that they can get back into the the pool and they can start training again that they won't be too far from where they were when all of the pools closed and i I think you're probably the best person to to speak to because in front of me i've got your book which is triathletes in motion and it's probably well i'd say it's the most in-depth comprehensive book on movement for triathletes that um, that is out there and i know we've spoken about this before but like you've there's so much detail and thought that's gone into into the book and looking through it now it's just um it is really like a a bible for for movement for triathletes so uh, i think you're probably the the best person to speak to i appreciate that that's uh quite a compliment coming from you i i really appreciate it yeah we put quite an effort into that book and uh you know maybe it'll be around for a long time you know because it is a, a i think a pretty instructive resource for coaches and athletes and um, exercise science people. Um, but we, yeah, we do focus on the movement. And I think that's why I was thinking about, uh, about you and what you're doing and what people do during these uh, difficult, surreal times that we're in with the COVID-19 and so forth. And pools are pretty much closing everywhere I know. And uh, it reminded me that uh, it's no different than when I used to coach uh, clients would go on holiday or something like that. And, you know, we were swimming 15 or 20,000 meters a week. How do we keep them fit? You know, what, what are kinds of exercises that they need to do in order to maintain some fitness uh, in, in their swimming? And uh, so I asked myself the question, back then and even just the other day when I was thinking about this podcast was what's the most important thing? And I think it might be surprising to the listeners, but uh, it's not strength. It's feel. It's uh, how you feel in the water. And uh, if you can't get in the water, there's always a bathtub. There's even a kitchen sink. Uh, There are hot tubs sometimes. Uh, that will even just a few seconds of sculling uh, can add uh, or help maintain that feel for the water. And uh, technique is uh, by far in a way the single most important thing in swimming. And hence what you do uh, for so many people is to help them develop their technique. So I think I'm kind of speaking to the choir here, but... uh, (laughs) I will just say that uh, uh, one of my business partners, uh, Jane Capert, uh, PhD, we worked together at the Olympic Training Center and also the uh, International Center for Aquatic Research in Colorado Springs. And she, she was working on studies that identified um, that the, uh, it's not the strongest athletes that win the gold medals. It's uh, the ones with the highest amount of, efficiency and technique 
And so with that said, that's kind of my segue into uh, a lot of athletes think that uh, strength is what you work on, say, for example, when they're doing polling sets and uh, using hand paddles. And I've seen even some of my older paddles, uh, the contour paddle, the, the swim foil paddles that I invented and patented years ago that kind of set a standard for design. Uh, uh, I've seen them being used and even on some podcasts they talk about how paddles improve strength and strength isn't the thing it's technique and that's why we made the shapes that we did years ago and 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 whatnot so it's uh, it's really about technique and it's what you do and what you do in your podcast mm, and i think um there's like you, you particularly for triathletes like you certainly you certainly need need both to have a especially over the longer distances, let's say it's an Ironman race, technique I'd say is, is certainly number one. Um, but to sort of race well across that distance, like you still need to, you still want to have the, the strength there. So, uh, but without the technique, then you're just going to be working very hard. And I think what a lot of people may not know about the, well, about your background was that you've designed products and, um, and had a number of paddles that um, have been licensed by Speedo, for, for a very long time. And so your backgrounds in not only coaching at a very high level, but also product design. And, um, and we're kind of working on something at the moment, which is a, a swimming paddle that's going to help people with their, their catch and their pull. And it's a very unique design. And I can't wait until we get to, to share this when we're at that stage. But um, it's something that I think will make a big difference um, for people who are looking to improve their technique. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about this um, down the down the track when we're a little bit closer to it, but um, in terms of you know what can what can someone do if they're listening to this and they they can't get to a pool, where should they start? What would the first thing that you'd advise your clients to do if you were coaching them today? Well, uh, what I like to say in terms of strength, it's functional strength. I mean, you have to have the mm. commensurate strength in order to uh, complete the movement, complete the exercise. And so that includes not only your flexibility, but the joint mobility and the stability of the, of the area and the muscles. So I, I don't mean strength in, in general isn't important, but functional strength is the key thing. But you don't want to be over strong for the task. And uh, uh, I might in just a second here is that you mentioned triathletes. I, I think most of the triathletes underswim in volume. Uh, you need to put in a significant amount of volume in order to improve your swimming uh, and to develop that technique. But some of the exercises, uh, you know, the characteristics of the mobilizers and the stabilizing exercises, stabilizing muscles are, are uh along the thoracic area and the shoulder area. And uh, probably the most important exercises are for the, what's called the serratus anterior muscles. And uh, I've got a whole host of exercises uh, in my book uh, that we specifically identify. We show you what muscles to do, how the exercises are done, and uh, number of repetitions and so forth, and, and what sort of, of of uh, movements that the serratus anterior does. And it's, it's really a, 
exercise that works with the trapezius muscles to rotate the scapula as you're trying to make a high elbow catch, which is, we know is really the number one thing in swimming uh, along with uh, streamlining and alignment uh, is having that high elbow catch. So doing exercises for uh, facilitating a, a more stability and mobility of the serratus anterior and, the, and uh, uh, and those muscle those muscle groups, uh, in addition to uh, you know 20, 30, 40 seconds of sculling your hands in in a tub of water will help maintain some feel for the water. Uh, but if like if you have difficulty raising one hand overhead, uh, you know that's a that's a limiter in motion and movement and uh, Doing exercises that are specific to you, uh, uh, that person. Uh, if you have ranges of motion that are limited in one area or another, then doing corrective exercises for those muscles uh, is important. But by and large, the serratus anterior is one of the key muscles in swimming. And we've got uh, uh, simple exercises that you can do without any real equipment uh, to improve the stability of those muscles. And uh, you'll see a, a very nice, uh, 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 how should I say, uh, flat upper back with athletes that have a strong upper uh, posture uh, where their, their uh, uh, scapula isn't winged. You'll see a winged kind of format with a weak scapula uh, and a back. And uh, there are exercises to help you improve that. And uh, so during these times and just in general, that would be a fantastic exercise that you could do um, or a series of exercises that you could do. And one of the tests that we used to do at, uh, at clinics was we used to, t it was called the combined lateral raise where people would lie face down on the ground that have their uh, chin on the ground. They put both hands out in front of them and they would link up their thumbs together. And while keeping their arms straight, We'd see how high they could lift their arms up off the floor, and and that mobility for say probably half to two thirds of the swimmers wouldn't be able to get it above zero. So you know, let's say minus ten degrees, is you can't get off the ground. Half to two thirds weren't able to get there, and then some swimmers were able to just get above the essentially the flat uh, range. And it's that mm -hmm. it's that sort of mobility that test was looking at your ability to get a, a high elbow position. And so in a time right. like this where you're not going to be in the pool, you might be saving yourself, say, a couple of hours a week. Working on that sort of mobility could have a, a huge difference in your ability to swim faster by getting into right. better positions in the water. And um, and I know you, you know, that's what the, the book addresses um, a lot. Right. Is, well, is that's that. a uh, those, those trapezius muscles are specifically to that particular type of exercise. And, uh, uh, you know, since you're prone in the water, you know, you're laying face down, the inability to have that kind of range of motion uh, overhead or just slightly outside, it will impact the way you enter the water, uh, how you disturb the water or don't disturb it, how you'll uh, mm. achieve a high elbow catch, you know, one, one uh, incorrect motion is going to uh, 
cause a cascade of other corrections that may or may not be uh, as efficient. And oftentimes, technique is related to mobility, stability, and mobility, and uh, improved performance uh, through exercises that stabilize the trapezius area, like the muscle groups, uh, will you know will go a long way in uh, improving. I mean, going in the water and constantly repeating repeating poor movements doesn't do anything for those stabilizers for the flexibility and the mobility and stability of the right muscle groups. So having someone like yourself do corrections of technique, and I know you do some mobility and stability to stuff too, that's really what athletes could do during this time is they could really take that seriously. Uh, they could put their heart monitors, their GPS to the side, you know, all of their techniques and gadgets and get a video camera and work with, uh, you know, take some of the stuff out of the books, use some of your stuff, go to a physical therapist for a musculoskeletal assessment, get specific exercises for what they need to do. But uh, targeting like you do in your clinics, that overhead flexed arms uh, test uh, is, is excellent, you know. And that's what people can do right now. They can really take these moments as an opportunity. And that's kind of what I was thinking is taking it as an opportunity to uh, improve technique, improve functional strength. And uh, when they're unable to swim for a period of time and uh, you know, we've all seen uh, therabands and stretch cords and things like this and swim benches. Some people have swim benches. We used to make our own swim bench, back in the day. In fact, I was thinking of making one as an example for people um, to show them how that they could do that. But the, the thing, the key thing is, is uh, stabilize exercises for the shoulder groups, getting enough mobility and flexibility uh, in and around those joints is, is absolutely key. And keeping the feel for the water with small oblique changes of, of shifting of the hand. And you know, one thing I think I heard from yours, and I, you and I haven't talked about this, but I remember hearing it in one of your videos some time back, I, I hope it's yours, <laughs> is that you said to put the hand under the elbow for a high elbow catch. So the, is that right? Isn't that something that you, you teach? The hand under the elbow, like if you're looking from the, the side, you mean? Yeah, right. So that gives you that high elbow catch. You'd end up with a vertical forearm. And if the hand or the fingertips are underneath the elbow, the elbow's at the surface. So, so you're bringing that hand underneath the elbow, and there you have your high elbow catch. And, uh, and that's something that I remember hearing from one of your videos, I believe it was. And, uh, and I always thought that that was a a great visual technique because that's what people need to do. And, you know, you're going to be a little bit more uh, mobile on one side or another. You know, you, if you watch some of the great swimmers, uh, they're going to have one side generally that's more, uh, has more of a high elbow catch. And, and, and that means they're, you know, they're getting to a 90 degrees where the hand is directly under the elbow when that, when the elbow is at the surface of the water. So, and, and I'm, talking about this because you can use very light therabands like 
and again, we're not looking for strength, but we're looking for endurance and proper technique. But you could use therabands or stretch cords and just work on bringing that hand under the elbow and the elbow isn't moving. It's not moving down or back. And the hand or the shoulder is rotating and the forearm and the hand come down below the elbow and to an almost vertical point. And using a theraband with light resistance like the color yellow or I think even a blue is all that you need. It's not necessary to sit there and use black therabands with the really hard tension. What we're looking for is to place that hand in a, in a vertical posture. And to that point, if I may, you don't want to put too much pressure on the water as after you make your entry and heading down to the, to the catch or the down sweep, because that pushes water in, a, in an array of directions. Your, idea, your goal is to move forward. And the reason for the high elbow catch is because it puts the hand in a, a, a further out front, front quadrant posture in order to catch and pull more water. So, so make sure that the people, when they're putting their hand in, that there aren't a lot of forces on the water as, as you're moving your hand down to that high elbow position. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think seeing, uh, seeing people at clinics make changes one of the one of the real realizations that a lot of people have is that when we talk about the from when you're at full extension down to when you're sort of starting the catch there like that's the setup phase and when you actually look at the better swimmers they apply less power than the slower swimmers during that that setup phase and so when people hear that for the first time if they didn't know it already it can really it can really have this big shift because at the start they think i've got to pull harder to go faster and if i can just muscle my way through it then i'm going to be quicker but it's it's not the case as you mentioned if you can just get yourself in a good position at the at the end of the catch there then you can start to apply a little bit of force but again it's not this huge amount of force where you're ripping hard at the water it's just uh yeah you just need to gradually increase the speed at which you're pulling through so right and then that sort of trans- do this. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and that translates into the uh, the theraband exercises that you were talking about. As like we use the red therabands, which are one of the lighter ones. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. when you do when you're practicing the the catch and the pull with it, the only thing you really need to worry about is just getting that set up that catch right at the start, uh, because because then you know, you're going to be training this movement. You're going to be repeating this movement. And if you can get it right out of the water, you can get it right in the water. And, um, and when we, you know, we sort of do this at, um, at camps, at Hell Week Camp, and um, there's quite a few people who it takes a little bit of refining of that catch to get it where they need it to. But once they get it, they've, they've got it. And so it t- you really just need to go slow with it to, to get that movement. Right. right. We, I had a, a, a drill... Um, you know, called it the fingertip wall slide and you stand facing the wall and you put your hands overhead uh, with your fingertips on the wall. You'd be about one, one of your feet away from the wall and uh, both hands on the, both fingertips on the wall. And so what you do is you slowly bring your fingertips down until they're at uh, shoulder height. And so the hand and the forearm are all in alignment with the elbow. And so that 
causes that rotation of the uh, uh, scapula and the, and the serratus anterior is activated, but there's no pressure. There's no mm-hmm. tension. It's just mobility, stability, and learning. Uh, it was an excellent exercise. In fact, I think it's in that book as well, uh, Triathletes in Motion. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is. And, uh, but it was an, just an excellent learning exercise. The only trouble was is we wouldn't do it enough, I think. You know, and as, uh, as I was thinking about this podcast, uh, this is a great opportunity to do things that maybe we don't always have time to do or think about doing. But uh, technique is just so critical in swimming. Uh, uh, and like you say, uh, uh, less forces are being generated as you're approaching the, the catch from the elite swimmer. They're looking for posture and position. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I used to coach, posture, position, where, how, how are you, you know, having a very light, feather-like uh, down sweep to the catch. It really is feather-like. And if you're in the front quadrant, too, it really keeps the continuum of the stroke moving as well. In other words, both, there's always one hand in front of the head is a, is a simple way of talking about the front quadrant. And it also raises the hips. So hips higher means there's more or less water over the body and less drag. So there's all kinds of opportunities here uh, for small changes that can make uh, small exercises that are maybe in our normal daily lives aren't easy to do, we don't do, don't have time for. But I think people are going to have time for that now. And I would highly recommend that they try to keep the feel, work on stability, maybe do some tests to find out which exercises, corrective exercises they need to do. And then uh, some of these key things are the serratus anterior, the trapezius, doing high elbow catch drills uh, with light tension bands or, you know, I'm not a... I know that there's a, there are swim benches out there and some companies that are producing those things. And some of them are really actually good for other kinds of exercises beyond swimming as well. Um, and, uh, of course, I think maybe swim flumes are going to be popular now, too. Right? <laughs> People will start buying, buying more indoor swimming pools, you know, for their houses. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a few resources that... Um, could be worth checking out. So I think the the book's a great resource for all the stuff we're talking about. There's an app called the Q Swim app, which is uh, developed by a, a guy Tom Barton who works with a lot of the Australian swim team, and and it you can essentially measure yourself in some of these tests, and then it will have oh. prescriptive exercises uh, as well okay. for it. So it's called the the Q yeah. Yeah. Swim app, and then um, there's an, another guy. Uh, Jeff or Jeff Grace, who I've had in the podcast before, he he teaches a lot of swimming swimming specific yoga. Actually, that's the name of his business, swim specific um, yoga. And uh, he's put out a couple of routines. I think they're like thirty minute routines that you can mm-hmm. go through. And so I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Uh, but re- yeah. just really good stuff to to be able to do while we can't swim. And I think the um, yeah one of the, the tough parts as well is just the the, the mental health aspects of not being able to to swim and go to squat and that sort of thing as well because I think 
you know, for myself personally, I just, I need to get in the water of some kind, whether it's the ocean, whether it's the pool, like I just, I need that, uh, that access to, to water. And I think uh, there's probably a lot of other people in that same, that same boat. And so, um, something that I like to do in the morning, um, just to sort of feel refreshed and just invigorated is I've started just going back to cold showers. So, I normally start with like a, a minute of a warm shower and then for a couple of minutes I'll just uh I'll, I'll put on the shower to as cold as possible now I think you live in a slightly colder place than I do at the moment um so it depends how long you could uh, last in there but just uh like cold showers it kind of gives me a little bit of that feel of having been in the ocean or been in the pool mm-hmm. and just um yeah and you have that same sort of feeling um because if you're out of the water for four five or six weeks I don't think I've ever been out of the water for that long um, in my since I was probably two, but um, yeah, just being able to replicate that feeling of of being in the water a little bit, I think, can certainly help too. Yeah, I think that's an innovative thought. You know, I think it is more of a you know cognitive mental uh, thought than anything else. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with it. But I I was really serious that you know a half a bathtub full of of cold. I hadn't think about it being cold, but now that you mentioned the cold water. It might be good to do that. But if you can just do some sculling on your hands and forearms in uh, any kind of water, it will at least help you keep some of the feel uh, that is so important that we talk about in terms of, you know, making that motion from the extension down sweep to the catch. It's such a subtle and soft posture position that uh, anything uh, like what you're talking about, and I'm sure other people will come up with other ideas, but, um, you know, I think it's really important to, you know, not only just that, but if you can't do that, then, you know, walking, biking, uh, running, hiking, uh, you know, other kinds of outdoor activities are, uh, you know, so critical here. It's, uh, it's not, uh, hopefully not going to be too much longer that, you know, we don't, get past this very difficult time in our in our world but uh and i know as we're speaking uh we don't really know where that's going to be in a week from now but uh you know all we can do is just keep uh, doing the best we can and and uh somehow we're going to all come come out of this uh in good shape sounds good it's uh yeah interesting to see what the next couple of weeks bring and hopefully it means that we can start to return back to normal life fairly fairly soon so um mark thanks so much for being on the the podcast we're um certainly going to have you back on in the near near future i'm looking forward to sharing a bit more about this paddle that we've well and particularly you have been working on for um for quite a while because it's very very unique design and i think it's really going to help help swimmers and triathletes a lot with their technique so thanks again for being excited to have you on board thank you yeah, looking uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So thanks again, Mark, and I'll uh, I'll put all these links in the show notes for those that are those of you that are listening. So if you would like to get your hands on Mark's book, which is called Triathletes in Motion, it's um, very in depth, especially if if you are a coach or you love your you love your details. It's um, yeah, it's it's the best resource out there that I've found. So thanks again, Mark, and we'll talk soon.